Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. Uh, We're beginning session eight of Operating in the God Kind of Faith. Today, we will be looking at James chapter one, verse three through six on this topic. Before we go there, however, we want to welcome all of those of you from around the country who are downloading and studying along with us, and those of you that are our international listeners and downloaders. We welcome all of you. We'd love to hear from you at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. I want to remind you of my book, I Surrender. It's on Amazon and in your bookstores. Again, we welcome you, and we're going to session eight. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then, Father, let us apply it to our lives so that we're changed into the image of your dear Son. God, may Jesus speak to the Holy Spirit, and may the Holy Spirit reveal to us what we need to know, understand, do, and demonstrate. As he does, we will receive it and release it unto your people, And we will be corrected, we will be blessed, and we will be brought into a deeper knowledge of truth. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. James speaks to the faith issue, and of course we're operating in the God kind of faith. In James chapter 1, verse 3 through 6, Verse 3 says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now what is the trying of your faith and why does it work patience? Well, your faith is being tried with respect to the motives. Why are you trying to use it? Now think about that because someone would say, Oh, that's not the truth. The writer in the book of Hebrews explains this concept to us when he says in Hebrews 4.13, Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of whom, of him with whom we have to do. Your faith motives are manifest in his sight. You cannot and will not be able to hide the origin of, and the reason for which you are using faith. You can couch it in covering words, but he will see through what you're saying. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience, my friend, is a work of faith. It will resolve the motives until the desire passes, or... He can see how your desire is more than an act of your own lust. It's clear from James's writing that his understanding of why faith is tried and why patience is the practice that brings perfection is that God desires that your faith result in what is perfect for you. What's that mean? That your faith not be something that's going to hurt you in the long run. As the country music guy said, 
Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayer. God's operating in you to produce His perfect will. He often uses our faith skills and ways to express what we consider to be the perfect will for ourselves. So God desires to ensure that your faith does not hinder or hurt you. Remember, you do not know the end from the beginning, but He does. Now there is the entire and wanting nothing part of tried faith. James is here showing that God's desires that you be fulfilled and that you have absolutely no lack. The methods and mechanisms to get there may not be as you suppose, but it is in fact His desire. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Here's the beginning of the ability to operate in the God kind of faith. We found out that it happened when we came through the smoke and were hidden in Christ in God. But here we see where actually using that faith must begin. Wisdom. Now I am of the opinion that the God kind of faith that we are trying to get into comes from the operation of the seven spirits of God that operated in Jesus Christ of which wisdom is the first. It's the ability to use and make good decisions. It's the ability to know and understand to be able to use what is being provided to you. So God is trying to build in you the decision making while and as our faith is being tried. He's looking to see if there is an infirmity or a weakness that your faith is being released to help to repair? Is there a desire in the spiritual world to which you have applied faith and seek an ability from God that will result in an action that produces this manifestation into your life and into your ministry? Has wisdom been the feature of your use of faith? If not, wisdom is the first avenue to be acquired when preparing to exercise faith. God will afford you all of the wisdom you seek and do so freely. Why? Because this will help you regulate the areas where you choose to involve your faith. You will require wisdom to use faith correctly. Without it, your flesh will run off and you will use faith as a tool with fraudulent intentions. God wants to make you to operate in wisdom and to make quality decisions before faith becomes usable. Look at how faith was involved in you being saved. You had a presenter and the Holy Spirit began to work and you made a decision to exercise faith based on grace and what the blood did. And you exercised your faith to believe in that. 
and therefore you found the saving grace and the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. From where did the ability to exercise faith come? Well, it was released when you were convinced by the Holy Spirit that you had found what you were searching for. Wisdom will operate in your daily faith transactions in the very same way. When you hear and have the information in the spirit world for which you have been seeking, you will know that you know that you know and decide that what you have found formed in you actually is what you've been seeking. Then you apply faith to what has been formed in you and there is a manifestation Without wisdom, we will not make decisions on what to focus our faith upon and do so correctly. We'll chase the shiny things that are present in the natural world. Faith will lose its impact and it will lose its influence. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Wisdom is the principal issue, my friend. If we do not have it, we must ask for it. Now watch this because this is interesting. Why are we seeking wisdom? Because James says we need it. And that wisdom is the underlying influence on how we perfect our faith. Look at the avenue to receive it. Faith must be appropriated to obtain it. It is freely given, but faith is the access. Why? Because wisdom is extremely important to how faith works. It must be the first order of business acquisitions in the spiritual realm, and it is acquired by using faith. If we start here, we have the foundation to always use faith correctly. If we start with finding wisdom, all too frequently, people do not begin by acquiring wisdom, by using their faith. They run on to larger things, and often their faith model makes shipwreck of their lives. My friends, do not ever think that Satan does not look, listen, and intervene when it comes to the issue of misappropriated faith. He'll show up as an angel of light and invest in your deceit, death, and destruction. He is capable of injecting himself into anything that operates in the flesh. And without wisdom, your faith model will be drawn out of the world of the flesh. Of course, that is his domain. Without the foundation of wisdom, the person may run off in the flesh and be given things that he applies and appropriates as if it had been given to him by God. And they may very well not be given to him by God at all. How could this occur? Well, we had no foundation of wisdom. So the first acts of acquisition of our faith became fleshly in nature. Now let's move further into the things that can be applied to us by our faith. As Jesus has brought us into the Holy of Holies 
and hid us in Christ in God, he also has been given something that must be reckoned with in all three worlds. My friend, he is Lord. He has been given the exalted name of Lord Jesus Christ. At that name, every knee bows and tongues confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and this is great news. We come to this by a wisdom that has brought to the foreknowledge not only the saving Jesus, not only the death of the flesh, not only the resurrected Jesus Christ, not only the priesthood of which we have just walked you through, but now we have entered into the throne room of God with Jesus Christ and been hid in Christ in God. And in that hiding, we now see God prefer upon him all authority and all power. It's called him being the exalted Lord Jesus Christ. He's given that name. And at that name, there is ultra and complete power that everything that has a name and everything that has a tongue would bow and confess that he is Lord. Now when we're operating in the faith of his lordship, because we have come through the blood, we have died to our flesh, we have been resurrected with him in the powerful, boundless new creation, new body that is Jesus Christ that operates with no time limits, no space problems, no barriers of any kind. And we produced out of the smoke, the holy place, into the holy of holies, in Christ who has hidden us in God. Now his lordship becomes available for us. Our faith now can operate upon everything and anything that has a name. But we must do so with wisdom. If we just run off in the lordship of Jesus Christ and begin to place everything that our eye sees that we desire to subdue because our natural man desires to subdue it, we will be running off in fraudulent faith. We must run off in spiritual faith and not walk by what we see, but walk by the faith that we have now proceeded into being able to use from his capacity as Lord. That's important because from that capacity of, as Lord, Everything in the spiritual world is under his domain and under his reign. So here he is now operating a kingdom that is under his reign where everything that has a name bows, everything that has a tongue bows, whether it be the redeemed or the unredeemed, the righteous or the unrighteous. Everything in the kingdom bows to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So everything in the spirit realm, in heaven, earth, and hell, bows to the lordship. So now we are placing our faith in a new powerful domain. 
that faith is spoken five absolutely important messages to us that we would by faith cast down demons while we used his name. We would speak with new tongues. That means we would be able to communicate directly into the throne room of God and back and forth, Paul told us, we would speak directly to God. And then he said there would be nothing outside of us that would attack us and hurt us. Why? Because we're operating in the faith of the Lordship and nothing inside us now would have the ability to come against us and those we laid hands on would recover. You see, when we operate in this Lordship, we're operating in a faith that has exceeded, now watch it, the natural. We're no longer interested in the natural. Now it becomes the God kind of faith. We're operating in spiritual and watching the spiritual cast itself into the natural and manifest itself in the natural. This is important. Now some would say that if he is Lord, then everything that has a name bows to him. And if I am hid in him, then everything that has a name and a knee must bow to me. After all, Jesus said, all authority and all power is given unto me. You go out and teach it. He also said that in my name you will complete those five works that I just mentioned from Mark 16. Those five works are confirmed works by his lordship. So I am in him and I can name what I want in faith and he will pray for me to have it. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? But that's not the plan, nor is it the process. Why? Because your wisdom speaks and says that all things are acceptable but all things are not good for you. Your wisdom says that your focus is not any longer upon yourself. It's upon his message. What message is that? Well, we have come to his lordship, his total dominion. So the message now is on his lordship in the spirit world. Your focus says that he has promised me that he would produce and provide for me all the things that I require. Your focus says that when whatever is required to be given, produced, or directed, or said, he will execute the meeting of the need at the moment the need is required. We do not have the authority to take advantage of his lordship to satisfy our own lusts. We do have the authority, however, from his lordship to do the things that he said we would do. Cast down demons, operate in complete authority over the spiritual world, speak with new tongues, repel attacks, stop inner attacks, and lay hands on the sick. Remember, it's to him that every knee bows and to him that every tongue confesses. So someone said, well, I will pronounce his lordship over the things that I want. 
Now, you can, of course, do that. But your faith will be tried for the purpose of perfecting the possibility of meeting your need. Where are your motives? You'll be tried in that faith. And if your motives come up not to meet the standard of righteousness that is in Christ Jesus, you will be frustrated and you will question God and often get mad with God and scream and holler at God. Why? Because you're not getting it your way. My friend, remember this. You are not God. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you turned over your God badge. That's what Satan did to you. Satan made you your own God. When they ate of the tree of, 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 of knowledge, good and evil, they became their own God. They lived now under their own umbrella as God. And that's where man has been. Satan has made you your own God. He's given you motives that are fraudulent. And we have operated right out of the word of God and right out of the church with fraudulent faith motives. My friend, these things will be tried and whenever they fail, you will do one of two things. You will blame God for the failure. You will tell God he doesn't love you. You will go into all types of histrionics towards God in pointing the finger at God. Why do I know it? That's what Adam did. That's exactly what Adam did. He said, the woman you gave me. Yeah, we'll go into all kind of histrionics. The second thing you will do is that you will walk away frustrated and often turn your back on God. Why? Simple, my friend. You are tried to operate in faith without wisdom. You tried to operate in faith without the correct motive. You tried to operate and take advantage of the Lordship of Jesus Christ for your benefit and for your lust. And it failed. Why? Because you simply misappropriated and incorrectly used faith. These things are done because you have missed the process of wisdom and you have attempted to use faith to do something that perfects you, that makes you complete and leaves you with no lack. If it does not pass the heavenly test of the plan of God, if it does not pronounce uh, uh, concerning the acquisition of the faith object, that it has been given and sent by God, it very well may have come with consequences and repercussions, my friend, that are often severe. Many people have run off and married and had children and the consequences of a, a mistake have been extremely severe. Many people have run off and spent money and the consequences of the purchase have been extremely severe. Many people have gone in many directions that look right to them, but the way thereof is the way of death. So how do you use his lordship if not to command what we see that we are convinced that we must have? 
We use his lordship concerning the interactions that we have with the demonic. Those include such things as sickness and disease. They include the interactions with the lost. They include interactions with those who are depressed, oppressed, and distressed. They include those that are addicted. Those who are poor in spirit and who are without Jesus. Those who are broken, bruised, blind, and held in bondage. It is upon that ministry that we use the Lordship of Jesus and His name to handle the influence of the rulers of darkness in high places and the principalities and powers of the air. These are the central focus of why He was pronounced Lord in the first place. His charge was to put and keep evil, the devil, the evil empire under his feet. That same charge is revealed into our lives. Then we come to him as the man in the Godhead, bodily. Now remember, the light of grace has been revealed to enlist each and every one of these works of Jesus Christ. Faith has always been the avenue to utilize them. As they formed in your faith, your faith will attach to them and they will manifest in your life and they will begin to accomplish the uh, supposed work that Jesus Christ rendered them to accomplish. Now, in that work, there may be things that we refer to as blessings. They don't necessarily have to be. They don't necessarily have to be individual and personal blessings to me. They may be me using my faith to use the work of salvation or uh, the work done uh, in the cross to the betterment of someone else and them receiving the blessing of it. All in all, faith is brought about to become the ministry whereby we are taking control in the spirit world, the works of Jesus Christ, and appropriating them to those that need in the natural. Now the man in the Godhead, the one who released the promise of the Father on the day of Pentecost, this was done for the purpose of governing and directing the church. Through this gift, he would speak directly to the believer concerning things that were required for both the individual and the church. These would bring about the nine gifts of the Spirit. They are works that the Holy Spirit uses to produce the things that we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate as he hears the directives from Jesus Christ. They work through you as an individual. They work into the church. They work into the lost. They work into the sick. They work into messaging in the spiritual domain. This is what is missed and misunderstood concerning the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is powerful. Yes, he does great works. Yes, he is the governor of the church and the governor of the nine gifts of the Spirit. He brings revelation. 
He is the most awesome person for sure. He is the one called alongside to help. And he is the one that not only is alongside, but in you. But all that he does, he does in response to what he is directed. He speaks what Jesus speaks. He does what Jesus says. He shows what Jesus shows. He is the operator of the creative works of Jesus. Whether he is being given the creative words of leading and guiding, or he is showing things to come and giving one what to speak. He's doing so as he hears from Jesus. Don't miss that fact. He is relating the creative side of Jesus into us. This model was seen first in Genesis chapter 1. It's still in use in those who have come into the infilling of the Spirit. I, quite frankly, have never understood why anyone would allow the evidence of the Spirit to stand between them and the voice of the Creator, Jesus Christ. But they do. And as they do, it hinders them in their walk of faith. Can't walk and operate in the God kind of faith if the Holy Spirit is not fulfilling the correct parts in you. If He's not your comforter, and if He's not indwelling in you, and you're not operating out of those nine gifts of the Spirit, then, my friend, you're not hearing from Jesus Christ. You're not being known and being led into what you need to know, do, demonstrate, and understand. Therefore, your faith is not operating at the capacity of which God intended it and designed it to operate. This is so important. We want to define faith without the one who is doing the work of faith. We want to have a belief system absent of the one who is bringing about the work of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. That faith system and that faith model is shipwreck. You got saved because of the work of the Holy Spirit of which Jesus released in you. However, in order for you to operate, now listen to me, in the God kind of faith, you're going to have to come over into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have to live with Him not only as comforter but indweller. And you're going to have to understand that he operates in the nine gift of the Spirit. And out of that, one of those great gifts of God in the Spirit is the dynamic faith that is, in fact, the God kind of faith. It's there. So when we eliminate the concept of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we eliminate two key ingredients. Jesus Christ cannot speak to us because as the member of the Godhead bodily, he has designed the mechanism to speak to us to be done through the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. Second of all, we cannot operate in the God kind of faith because the God kind of faith is an outpouring of what Jesus Christ is speaking in the Spirit of God that you need and must know to accomplish the deeds in the spirit world that will be manifested in the natural world so that the natural world will know 
that Jesus Christ has operated the way of God and produced an act that you could plainly and clearly see. You won't have those two things. I've never understood why we didn't want that. Why we wouldn't want Jesus Christ to speak. Why we wouldn't want the full vision of faith to work in us. Said in Ephesians chapter 4 that we would come to the unity of the faith and we would come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. When we got into the unity of the faith, it would be because we came into the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. We will never live in the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ minus what Jesus taught us and told us to observe. He both taught and told us to observe the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, when He can speak to you and direct you in the Spirit, your spiritual life becomes fruitful. As the nine gifts of the Spirit are revealed in you, of which the word of wisdom is the very first spiritual gift Paul unveils. Why? Because it is, it is invested. Watch it now. It is invested. Wisdom is invested in how you are able to use your faith. God, I pray that you will minister your word. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Bring us the truth. May we walk into the Holy Spirit and be baptized. May the Holy Spirit then begin to allow Jesus Christ to speak through us, form in us, reveal in us, and allow our faith to attach to the words of what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. And as our faith attaches to it, and we then through faith receive it, may we release it out of the abundance of our mouth and our heart until what is spoken becomes the reality and the manifestation in our world. We give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. May God, amen, and may God richly bless you. Find Him as Lord. Listen to the teaching. And you'll find Him in the spirit world to be over everything that has a knee and a tongue. When you find Him as the man in the Godhead, you'll find Him as the one who can show you not only things to come, but what the, He wants you to do, what He wants you to demonstrate, know and understand. And your faith can attach to it. And when your faith attaches to it and you begin to speak out of the abundance of what's been formed in you, well, it will be at that point that your natural world will begin to manifest the blessings of God. May God richly bless you with my prayer until we speak again.